Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. And spirituality and ancient wisdom has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons. So in truth, what you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Permission to Mourn with Tom Zuba. Thank you, Tom, so much for being my guest on Awake to Oneness Radio. And the wonderful, I, I was just going to say, the wonderful thing is I met you in person a few weeks ago at the Helping Parents Heal Conference. That is where we met, and I have got a, a signed autographed copy of Tom's wonderful book, Permission to Mourn. I, I am so grateful to have this opportunity to speak with you. I love the theme, the intention, the mission of your show. I am right next to you. I am right next to you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it was, I know this. I know this because I've experienced you. I got to experience your keynote. Um, on that Saturday evening and got to ride along with you to a wonderful party and we got to really chit chat and get to so I'm like we're right here <laughs> you know we're right here so that is why I'm so excited and so thankful that you're here with us but now I know I've gotten to know you but let I want my audience to get to know Tom Zumba please share Okay, I'm going to give folks the thumbnail version of my story, because while my story is important, it establishes who I am. What's really, really important is what I've learned from my story. So I want to begin by saying, I believe that words have power. Yes. And with intention, I open my book with these words. I am an ordinary person. I'm just like you. So whatever people see in me, the only reason that they're able to see that is because they possess it as well. I wanna make that really, really clear. So I've had a really fascinating life. I am living with the death of my little brother, Daniel Patrick. He died in 1963, the day after his baptism. I was six years old. It was my first experience with what I call an intimate death. I'm living with the death of my 18-month-old daughter, Erin. She died really, really suddenly on July 18th of 1990. And I want to stop for a second. I, I, I don't love the word death because it's really clear to me that that not only doesn't the essence of who I am die, but our physical body doesn't die because matter exists. It just transforms. So I, I want to make that really, really clear. I, I do use the word dead and death, and I will explain to you why later. Okay. I am also living with, I'm going to choose another word. I'm, I'm living with the passing of my 43-year-old wife, Trish, who passed really, really suddenly on New Year's Day of 1999. Interestingly, it wasn't so sudden to her. Above and beyond the five senses, not only was she aware that she was getting ready to exit her body, but she prepared us in a million different ways. My kids were three and seven. She and I had two more children after Erin transitioned. There's another word. So Trish left her physical body on January 1st of 1999. My boys, Rory and Sean, were seven and three. Fast forward, when Rory was 13, 
in the summer of 2004, he had, I wasn't sure what, it was either a um, seizure or a stroke. I really couldn't tell. And a biopsy showed that he had a glioblastoma, which is a terminal brain cancer. So he, was di- he had the seizure in August. He was diagnosed in November. I'm getting to the good part here. Okay. And on February 22nd of 2005, it was really clear to me that he finished everything he came to the planet to do. He dropped his physical body and he returned home. He went home to source to God, to the all of the all of the all. So I haven't had a tragic life. I've had an amazing life. I've had a fascinating life. In a way, it's been an unbelievable life. And um, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm really, really grateful. My son, Sean, is 23. He just graduated from college the day before Mother's Day. Interestingly, his major is special ed. My major was special ed. Uh, he lives with me. He hugs me. He kisses me. Um, that's who I am. That's, that's my story. To me, what's more interesting is who I've become, what I've learned, what I teach, you know, who I am now, who I continue to be as I expand on this planet. Yes. Oh, it's so wonderful. I'm so thankful you said what you said about, first of all, you opened with words have power. And, and, and that read that I'm a strong believer in the words that, and I, um, you know, um, and most of my audience knows I have a son in spirit and I always use the word transition and I know he's not gone. And I was blessed to know that at the moment of his transition, which is, 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 is a blessing because not many people really have that peace at, in, at, in your case, you didn't, you didn't get to have those, that, that peace of mind at the moment, each of your loved ones transition. And I was blessed to have that because I ex- witnessed a miracle before, but um, that I, I say that I want to start with the words have power because when I, when you and I met, which was really interesting, um, we were sitting next to each other at the table and you had mentioned to me, oh, you'd like to be a guest on my show. And I jokingly said to you, hmm, you have to be nice to me. I was joking. But then I didn't know who you were. <laughs> and then I looked down as I was walking away from the table. I looked down at your book and submission to And I'm like, OK, the word that jumped out uh, to me was mourn. I'm like, hmm, mourn. Ah, no. Nah. <laughs> and the same thing happened. I had to share this with, with uh, Elizabeth recently, that when I first learned of helping parents with heal, uh, helping parents helping parents heal three years ago from one of my very first guests, uh, Anne Pierre, who wrote the book Stephen Lives. Um, and I first she first told me about helping parents heal. Now, I didn't get involved with Helping Parents Heal three years ago because of their tagline, which was bereaved parents. I'm like, hmm, nah, I'm not not a bereaved parent, and I didn't mourn. I mean, I I miss my son's physical presence, of course, but I didn't mourn his transition. So I'm so glad, but when I, okay, so my experience, I saw your book cover, and I'm like, hmm, that word mourn doesn't resonate. That was my first thought. Then I listened to your keynote the next night. I was like, oh, he's got it. So I got to get the book. <laughs> let, let, let me explain something to you. Yes. Um, I know exactly why I came to the planet. I mean, I'm really, really fortunate. I am grateful. I'm grateful that I did not have the experience that you had. I'm grateful that you had the experience because it's important that people know that what you experienced is possible. That's important. But I'm really clear. The reason that I chose to experience my two children and my wife's transition the way that I did is so that I could become a teacher for the masses because 
in 2018, the majority of people, based on my experience, do not experience what you've experienced. It's like we haven't expanded to that point yet. So my gift to the world is, yeah, you know, I've, I've been there. You know, I've considered suicide. I, I have been at the bottom of the deep, dark, hopeless pit, you know, crawled my way out, not once, not twice, but three times. As a result of that, I'm able to teach what I teach. And as you and I have discussed, we're in alignment, you know, we're in agreement. We, we just got to it from different paths. Yes, yes, and in truth, I actually, I actually have both sides of the story. So, because even though I have one son, I was told before he, three, two and a half years almost exactly, um, that he was gonna transition and he didn't. I experienced a miracle. And from that miracle, when he actually did transition two and a half years later, I was at peace. But when doctors first told me, he, and, and this is in December of 2011, and I share this with my listeners, I experienced one of my favorite Christmas movies is Miracle on 34th Street. We were, he was in a hospital on life support for five weeks on a, in a hospital in Philadelphia on 34th Street. Doctors told me, asked me, can they take him off life support? He wasn't going to make it. I said, absolutely no. And I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was leaving this world before he, him. I was not going to bury my son. And I wrote that in a suicide note. I went up to a private waiting room. I wrote a suicide note. I am not going to bury my son. My son is going to bury me. And I took a bottle of over-the-counter sleeping pills. That was the strongest I could find. I didn't have a prescription. So I took a, bottle, a whole bottle. And I was out for like two and a half days. I, I remember briefly coming to in the ER, briefly coming to in um, ICU. Um, I'll never forget the moment my son's doctor, my son's um, internist, was standing at the foot of my bed. And he said to me, Kyle needs you. And so the miracle I witnessed in December of 2011 is Kyle pulled himself off life support. Literally. He's, you know, there's semis sedated. He's sedated. He pulled out the ventilator. He pulled out the feeding tube. His vital signs were perfect. He, it was a true miracle. And because I got to bring him home, December of 2011, I promised God I would never stop thanking him. For I don't know what was going to happen the next day. I mean, he could have transitioned the very next day. I didn't know. But I made a promise to God because I was able to bring him home and celebrate the new year. Ringing. I brought him home December 30th, 2011, the day before New Year's Eve. And I got to ring in 2012 with my son at home. I was so thankful for that. I, so when he went back into the hospital two and a half years later, I was, that's why when he actually transitioned. So I, I got, you know, I experienced him transitioning before he actually transitioned. So, and yeah. then was, was blessed with a miracle. So that was, that's, yeah. And like you said, we each had, like we were at that conference, Helping Parents Heal, with over 500 parents that have experienced, and each one has a different journey has a different story but yes 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 let, yes, let yes. me let me ask you this i'm curious How, you, you have a really strong response a really strong reaction to the word mourn so how do you define mourning what do you when, when you see the word mourning what do you think of and and what's what why what is your strong response about okay well basically it wasn't a strong response it was just that the word mourn didn't resonate with me. Just like I said to Elizabeth, the word bereaved didn't resonate with me because I never considered myself a bereaved parent. And I've, yeah, never, I, I've never mourned Kyle's transition. So what, when you say I've never mourned Kyle's transition, 
explain to us more about that. What, okay. what is mourning Kyle's trends and what does that mean? Okay, um, I, I guess that, because, okay, at the moment of Kyle's transition, I knew, number one, he wasn't gone. Right. I, knew, I knew he was just, his body, and like you said, even science tells us everything is energy, and energy cannot be destroyed. So even his body, which is going to decay, is not, it's going gonna, it's gonna to flourish into something else. It's going to transform. Um, yeah. But I knew, I knew he was not his body. I yeah. knew he was a soul. So I knew that his soul was not going anywhere. I knew this was a soul agreement that he and I made together. Um, and I knew that he would always be with me. So those three things I knew at the moment of his transition, that's why I can say I was at peace. So because yeah. I was at peace when he actually transitioned, now I wasn't at peace two and a half years earlier when I tried to take my life, but I yeah. was at peace at the moment of his transition I never experienced mourning. His yes, birth. okay, so yeah, so what I would suggest is that first time that you tried to kill yourself, it's like you were given an opportunity to learn at light speed, and you said yes, 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 so you expanded so much that by the time he did cross over, you responded to it, in the most expansive way, in the way that we're all being called to, you know, you're the light, you're the possibility, you're showing us what the next step is for all of us. Would, does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. I, it, it, I mean, to this second, I cannot ever forget a miracle because I mean it was a medical miracle it was a physical miracle uh, and all uh, and I did I whispered because I, they had me after my suicide attempt they had me on 24-hour suicide watch yeah. um, I they had me on the psych ward on the top floor they always put the psych ward at the top floor and he was down on the eighth floor they <laughs> they let me visit with him he's still on life support because I never gave permission to take him off. Um, so he's still on life support. They let me visit him. Now, the last time I had um, a, a, a visitation with him under those conditions, I whispered in his ear. I said, Kyle, get better so we can both go home. And that was the night he pulled himself off life support. So let me ask you this, for all the people that are listening and they said the same thing to their child or their husband or their wife and their child or their husband or their wife or their sibling or their parent they did make their transition yeah. it's like yeah. why why were you so lucky why were you chosen why 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 well i kind of just like what you said um about your your journey you you know that that was your purpose to bring to the world the gifts that you're bringing. And six months after Kyle's transition is when I got the inspiration to launch this show. Um, and it was one, to me, my mission, I knew my mission was to inspire, because all I can do is inspire, inspire the world to awaken to who we truly are, yeah. who, we, who we truly are. So I believe I, my journey had to go that way so I can bring that, that message. I, I think it's really, really important that we both underscore to the listeners, it's not that life loved you more or that life loved Kyle more. You know, there's nothing special about you. There's nothing special about Kyle. It's that it's a mystery in a way. And, you know, yes, this is your soul agreement. Life loves all of us, and some people, you know, have your experience, and some people have my experience. It's, it's, it's neither good nor bad. It's neither right nor wrong. It is what it is, as we were saying, and it's about this is how much we're loved. Exactly. I, I agree with you a thousand percent, and I, I say it's not, from my perspective, there is no good or bad or right or wrong. There's no wrong way to mourn. There's nothing wrong with the word mourn. It's just every word has vibration. And there, yeah. even um, 
words that have, and, and, and even the vibration is higher or lower, but it's not, higher or lower vibration is not better or worse. Yes. Everything, yeah. everything yeah. is equal. It's yeah. all equal. Right, yeah. and for, folk, for folks that will read my book, I define mourning as identifying what's occurring inside of us and rather than stuffing it and repressing it and pretending and numbing it, that we get it up and we get it out. We get it up and we get it out. So the way that I use the word mourning, mourning is the path to healing. Mourning is actually glorious. It's action. Mourning is actually vibrating at a really, really healing level. Mm -hmm. um, it's all about perspective and, and understanding and, and intention. That's so true. Intention. Very true. Very true. Um, I, I, as we were talking about before we started recording, the isness of it. You, you're saying you're in Florida and I'm in Pennsylvania. And I'm in, yeah. I'm in Florida right now, but I live outside of Chicago. I live in right. Washington. Right. But where you are right now, in this now moment, where I am right now, it's raining and drizzly and cold in both places. And we're on the East Coast, but on opposite, I'm Northeast Coast, you're, you're Southeast Coast. So, um, but we were talking about the isness. So my, from my, and I always say from my perspective, because it is from each person's divine perspective, because we're all divine light. And from my perspective, it's all neutral. It's yeah. how we perceive it. We label things bad and we label things good. So the transition of a young person, we label bad. But from the soul perspective, they did. They went right on time, right yeah. on schedule. That was yeah. their soul's plan. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. In in every choice, in I mean, in every moment, in every moment, the choice is either peace or pain. The choice is love or fear. And we are loved so much, we get to make the choice. I mean, I've been given free will, so I can peace, pain, love, fear. And the beauty of my life is I have suffered so much. I don't want to suffer anymore. I'm going to choose peace. I'm going to choose love. Exactly. Exactly. I, and and I, I, I truly believe we all have that unique journey to go through. So wherever, and, and this is another thing I say a lot on my show, wherever a person is, wherever they are in the grieving, mourning, if they're, I mean, if they can't get out of bed, wherever they are, is perfect. They're totally. in the perfect place for them. Yes, yes. yes. And, and what I've learned is pain is not to be avoided. Pain is a gift. Pain is the door that we can actually enter to get to peace because we experience pain in the present moment. We don't experience it in the past. We don't experience it in the future. We experience it here and now. And here and now is the point of power. So pain grabs my attention and I can go, I'm really, really feeling pain. Thank you. I am going to move in a different direction. I'm going to shift a little bit and I'm going to choose peace. I'm going to choose love. I'm going to walk through the door of pain to choose peace and to choose love. That's the blessing of pain. That is so, so true is what you just said because from the soul's perspective, we plan these challenges. We, we planned them before we came into this incarnation and our biggest challenges are our greatest blessings. And I know from the human perspective, people are saying, okay, we're both crazy, you know, people that are, that are not understand, you know, that haven't, are not looking from the soul perspective. They're saying from a human perspective, who would choose to have your child go before you? Who would you, but we did, we chose it. And those are our greatest blessings because they open that door. They're, they're the greatest thing, the greatest blessing to push us through that door to remember who we truly are. Yeah, I, I want to stop us for a second because mm -hmm. we both agree that words have power. Yeah. And we tell ourselves stories about everything. 
And many of our stories are rooted in subconscious beliefs. And all of our painful and all of our peaceful beliefs, all of our, quote, good, all of our bad, all of our positive, negative, all of our beliefs um, need to be questioned, need to be observed. And one of the things that you said was, who would choose to have your child go? And I would say, is that true? Did our children go? Right. They're not gone. This is true. No. They, they left their physical body. You know, they, they, they did a little pivot, but they never left us. Our they children never. are not gone. Our parents are not gone. Our spouses are not gone. I mean, you know, the energy of words is that important. That's so true. Exactly. Exactly. And that is why when Kyle actually transitioned, I was at peace because I'm like, I know he's not gone. I yeah. know he's still right it's, here. To me, it's like that mirror in Alice in Wonderland. It's like, it's just a, it's a little flip. Yes. Yes. So, so true. Now, and, you, actually, and actually, our loved ones, my experience, our loved ones, they're more available, they're more accessible to us now than they ever were when they were in their physical bodies. And they are so much more powerful as well. Yes. Though, you know, my experience is my two children and my wife, they're on either side of me, in front of me, in back of me, above me, and below me. And we're this force, you know, we're this team yes. where... Um, you know, it's this continuous union of us working together. I happen to be here on this planet Earth in my physical body. So, you know, we work together. That is so, so true. Well, Kyle has said, he, he's very proud of me doing the show. He says he's the co-host. So he, he has said that. And oh. so true. Kyle was 29 when he transitioned. And from the time Kyle was 18 to the time he was about 27, he lived with friends. He didn't live with me. And I, I got a call on Mother's Day. I got a call on my birthday. He only lived 45 minutes away. I saw Kyle maybe once or twice a year when he was in the physical, living with his friends, having, you know, living his life. He's like, mom's okay. I'll call her, you know. But like you said, now that he's in spirit, he's with me. Like he's here right now. He's here with me whenever I think of him, which is every day, all day, you know, he's with me all the time. So he is definitely, and I can hear the things he'll say to me when I have a thought. I know exactly what his response, I hear his response in my head, you know, okay. And I'm like, and I always have to tell him, stop laughing at me, you know, <laughs> stop laughing yeah. at your mama. <laughs> One of the things I talk about in the book is the truth that the relationship continues and it can be as fluid, if not more so than it was when they were here in their physical bodies. You know, it is ever expanding. It is the back and forth. Um, that's why, you know, when people meet you and when people meet me, they see light in our eyes. They experience joy. They experience love. They experience peace. I I'm very aware of the fact that when people meet me, they're also meeting my daughter, Erin, my wife, Trish, and my son, Rory. You know, they, they get to have a taste of all of us. Yes, this is so true. And, and it goes back to the oneness, you know, the oneness of, you know, it's like, we're not just saying that. No, we yes. really, really mean that. Yes, that's true. That's true. And the joy, because there's so many parents, especially being now, I'm involved with helping, helping parents heal. I'm the affiliate leader here in the Poconos. I went to the first conference. I met so many parents and so many parents will say to me, I want to get where you are because they can see the joy, the joy. And, and I'm like, you, you know, where you, first of all, where you are is already perfect. Per now is always perfect. Now is always perfect. And where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. But it's in every now moment, I love what you said, because I say it all the time, now is your point of power. Yeah. Now. So, so right one, now. Of, one of my 
probably my most important teacher is the author Gary Zukoff, who wrote the book, The Seed of the Soul. Okay. Gary wrote the foreword of my book, and that's a direct quote from The Seed of the Soul. The, you know, the point of power is the yeah. present moment. The present okay. moment is the point of power. Um, but you know what you were saying, Caroline, it's also true of men whose wives have died, women whose husbands have died, you know, parents are supposed to go, but still, yeah. Well, there's no such thing as supposed to. Oh, you know? This is true. This is true. We, we, I mean, one of the lies that we've been told and that we inhale, it's not true. Parents should not have to bury their children. It's so unnatural for a parent to bury their child. I mean, up until the turn of the last century, 50% of children under the age of 13 died. It's very, very natural. You know, died, left their physical bodies, made the transition. I mean, we have already established that. But it's not unnatural. It's very, very natural. And when we, when we hold on to that belief, no parent should have to bury their child. We create pain for ourselves. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, I, I know that my grandmom on my mom's side um, buried two children. One was a baby, one was three. I think one got hit by, hit, hit by a car at three, and one was just a few months old. And in those days, in our grandparents' days and great-grandparents' days, one of the things, they had a lot of kids because they knew they weren't going to all make it to adulthood. You're absolutely right. It was, it, was, it was the way it was. Yes. It was very, very, very common. And I find this really, really interesting that I don't know if we could call the United States a Christian country anymore, but certainly at one point, you know, we prided ourselves on being, you know, this Christian country right. where we're taught about God, we're taught about Jesus, we're taught about heaven, yes. and yes. we are scared to death. <laughs> Of, you know, dying. It, yeah. makes, it, makes, it makes no sense. It's like, why are we fighting so hard to keep everyone in their bodies? It's a total disconnect. Total yes. disconnect. So, so true. So true. And I have to tell you, because I, I was sent to Catholic school. Never became Catholic. Yeah, okay. I did six years of Catholic school. And um, I'll never forget, never, ever being afraid to die. I truly never did. I never, and but I mean, the the Catholicism, the dogma of Catholicism, and I have, I, right now, I claim no religion, and I have respect for all religion and all beliefs, nothing but the utmost respect. But when I was a child, I was like, wait a second, five years old, that doesn't make sense. But I was, I was brought up in a strict home where children are to be seen and not heard. So even though what you're teaching me and what you're telling me makes absolutely no sense. I can't speak on it, you know, as a child. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really, really common experience. It's like children know the truth, but they're intuitive enough that they know I better not say anything. I, yeah. You know, I, I, this is, it's not a safe place right. for me to be authentically who I am. And as children, we want to be loved. So we abandon ourselves. You know, we stick to the program. We stick to the script right. in order to be loved. Exactly. And then as adults, we spend our adult life undoing all that shit. <laughs> it's true. Very, very true. Very, very true. So now- And it's perfect. And that's yes. perfect. Now, now what I want you to share with our listeners, because you did go through at the times of each, you know, you went through three major transitions and, and at times where you, how did you come to this awakening that yeah. you are? So, so through trial and error, through searching and searching and searching, this is one of the gifts of my life. I would say from three to five years after my daughter Erin died, after my wife Trish died, and after my son Rory died, from three to five years, each time, I really did. I wandered through the wilderness. I mean, I was Jesus in the desert, just traipsing and traipsing and traipsing. 
I resisted life. I hated life. I um, did battle with what was. And I created so much pain. I created pain on top of pain on top of pain. And the blessing of all of that was there came to a point when I thought, I can't do this anymore. I mean, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I considered suicide many, many, many times over those nine to 15 years, never to the point where you were, Caroline. And I'm really, really grateful for that. I would say the night that our daughter Erin died, I write about this in the book, I, that, that night I laid on the oriental rug in our living room and my wife, I was holding her in my arms and she was just wailing and wailing and wailing and she finally fell asleep. And I remember just very um, quietly and in the stillness thinking, I'm gonna go into the kitchen I'm gonna grab a knife out of the butcher block. I'm gonna stab her and then I'm gonna stab me. And I even went so far as to think, I don't have to write a note because everyone will understand why I did what I did. So I laid there for a long time and I just thought, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do. This is what I'm gonna do. And I was just really still. And then this tiniest little whisper goes, or you could choose to live. Or you could choose to live. And I sat with that for what seemed to me months. And I went back and forth. Should I kill her? Should I kill me? Or you could choose to live. So that night I did choose to live. And that was a decision I didn't make that just, just decision once. I made that decision, I'm sure, hundreds and hundreds of times. After our daughter died, after our wife died, after my son died. So I really did dance with, do I stay here or do I go? And because the pain was so great, the pain, I, I, I was clear. I, I wanted to remove myself from what was unbearable pain. So the way that I describe it is, I mean, I just, I clawed and clawed and clawed and clawed and I clawed my way out. And like when I got my head up and I looked around, this, this is where I landed. This is where I am now. For me, I think that the most important question that I've ever answered, and I work with thousands of people, I coach people one-on-one. -on -one. I have online programs. I do retreats. You know, I give keynote. I mean, I'm fortunate. I work with so many people. The key pivotal question is, and I'm going to use the word God, but I promise you, yeah, no. the force doesn't care what we call it. God, the force, your higher power, the universe, doesn't matter. I'm going to call it God in parentheses, not the God that hates gay people. I'm not the God that hates, you know, women that choose abortion. Not that one. Okay. So I'm going to use the word, you know, God. Yes. The question to me is everything goes back to it. What is God? Everything goes back to that. Everything goes back to it. And for me, I love light. I love warmth. I love the sun. So for me, I visualize moving into the center of the sun. For me, oh, that would be so expansive. I would be surrounded by warmth. I would be lovingly held. You know, the, the bright white golden light, oh, that's heaven. So to me, I am love that much. I am love that much. Everything, I'm loved so much. Everything, every breath I take, every raindrop that falls on my head, every person that I encounter, every person that cuts me off in traffic, every wrong phone number, every traffic ticket, everything happens for me, not to me, for me. And I completely agree with you. I'm not a victim. I am a conscious or a subconscious co-creator of my experience. 
And once I got that, it's like, I am so grateful to be alive. What else can I create? What else can I create? What else can I create? I, my, I am, I'm so clear. I'm 61 years old. I'm just beginning. I know I'm, I have at least 30 or 40 or 50 more years on this planet because I have so much work to do. And I'm so grateful. I'm so excited about what I can create because this is the intention for my life. This is the intention. I've been holding this since 2006. My intention is to transform the way we do grief worldwide, to transform it. I, and I mean, I want to teach a new way to do grief, which creates a new way to do life. That's what I'm here for. Wow. Isn't that exciting? That is wonderful. That is so amazing. Because everything you just said, I resonate so much with. Now, I want to share with you, because um, God, Buddha, whatever, Allah, whatever name, he answers to it all. But Or what, she, or I it, or they. For me, what I, my term for God is all that is. Yeah, that's beautiful. And just like what you said, I know God is in the leaf, in the tree, in the grass. God is every, there is nothing outside of God. Nothing. In, yes, yes. Including the cancer. Exactly. That, that was in my genius son's brain. That yes, is, is God. God. Yes, yes. There is nothing outside of God. And I know that, like you said, the person that cuts me off in traffic, the lady there that, that cussed at me, because <laughs> he's like, like to use the word cuss. The lady that cussed at me because she thought I was too slow online. You know, all of that is God. All of yeah. it. And yes, we, yes. To, to remind myself in every now moment, and it's, and it's, it's, I have to remind myself because I'm still here in the physical. So I have to remind myself, okay, that was God. That was God. Yeah. That yes. was God. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And it's so clear to me that we came to the planet to learn or to probably to remember, to, remember. to, re to learn and remember that we literally are love we literally are light you know that which i described as god that's who we are that's what we are and i want to become that to you you know you want to become that to me so everything that happens to me is is an opportunity for me to expand a little bit more expand a little bit more expand a little bit more yes and owning it that's a big part of it. When we own, when we know, when we wake up, and I say wake up because we chose to go to sleep. When we yeah. wake up to who we are, which is God, God in the sense that I love Rumi's quote, you are not a drop in the ocean. You are the ocean in a drop. So all that God is, is in you. And, 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 and that is so revolutionary and so yes, threatening yes. and frightening to a lot of people. Yes, it doesn't yes. have to be. It doesn't. Because once you own it, once you, like you owned it, I am creating this. And I don't even like to use the word co-creating because I don't, co-creating to me takes it from the one. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it, it, it suggests separate. Yes, I am creating my life experience. And the beautiful thing about that is we all, really we're, we're each all creating our own life experience, meaning my life experience that I'm creating doesn't really even, and it sounds crazy because everything is interconnected and interdependent. We are all God creating our own life experience, which only affects us in the sense on that human level. I know, and, and, and I get it up here, and how to put yeah. it in words, I'm still yeah. working on it, because right, it, right. It, it's multidimensional, and it's like the, the version, there are many different versions of you, and the yeah. version I'm interacting with right now is the version I'm creating. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, and, yes, and Every, that, yeah, everything, 
Right, yeah. correct, correct. But, but yeah. you know what, what you were saying, and you know, I hope people that are listening will just you know, rewind a little bit because what you were saying, I could feel it in my body and, it, and I could see it on your face. It felt so joyful. You know, I, and, and I learned something from you. I agree with it. Um, the word co-creator, that's not accurate. It's not accurate. And I'll be honest with you. I still have this fear of the Christians. And, what, <laughs> and my fear is that the Christians are going to say, how dare you suggest that you are God? What's the safe path is you're co-creating with God. To your point, though, that is not the most expansive truth. So I learned something today, and let me step into it and try to own it. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I can tell you, I have very few friends. And one of my dearest friends, as soon as I started my show, who we good friends, he was like a brother to me, um, good friends for 15 years. Because I've had mediums and channels on my show, and because of his Christian background and upbringing, he wanted nothing more to do with me. So yes. I, I, I... This is, my intuition is coming up right here. I want to be really, really clear. Neither Caroline or Tom are saying we don't like Christians. That's no. not what we're saying. So not do not misunderstand us. Yes, we love, like I said, I have respect. Now, I still I still reach out to him on occasion, just to text him or call him and just say, you know, I still, I love you. I mean, because my beliefs may be different from your beliefs, why, there, there's, there's unity and diversity. That's the truth about oneness. Because first thing I get is, what is this oneness, a new religion? No. no. We don't need another religion. No, we don't. It, one that includes everything. It doesn't exclude anything, and it, it includes everything. Yeah. And you and I talked about this on the bus. The person who's sitting in the Baptist church reading and believing the fundamental, literal interpretation of the Bible, that person's us, too. Yes, Remember? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. us too. So, so I am, I'm not going to hate or judge or despise or push aside that part of me. I'm not going to do that because I love myself so much. Yes, yes. I love all aspects of me. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that that is, and even my friend who stopped talking to me, I still yeah. reach out with it. To him, with love, any chance I get, if, he, if I think about him, I'm like, oh, let me shoot him a text. Let me call him. Let me just tell him I love you. Yeah, <laughs> let, me stop. let me stop for a second because that's really deep. We're talking <laughs> deep. Yes. Yeah. That's unconditional love. Now, here's another thing. We were talking about our Christian. We both went to Catholic, uh, Catholic school, our Christian upbringing, where they say in church, God is unconditional conditional love except my favorite part of the bible god is love those three words yes um, and and what does the word un can i ask this to uh christians all the time and i love you christian what does the word unconditional mean yes yes and not unconditional with any conditions from a human perspective, exactly. unconditional from the broadest, most divine, expansive. And, and I think as human beings, we can't really conceive of what that is. We can, we can try, but it's 8 billion times more expansive, more unconditional. That, and, but, but you know what, Caroline? I think if we're really quiet in our heart, yeah. we, know, we know what that is. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Because that's where it is. It's right yeah, here. And, and yes. we, we recognize the truth of who we are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But we so, have to be so really quiet. We have to be really quiet and yes. allow that part of us to come up. And, and as humans, we're so afraid of stillness and quiet because we might encounter ourselves. Mm hmm. 
But also as you awaken, and I love, because the thing is, I know it's, 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 it's just a matter of awakening and remembering, like you said, remembering who we are. And it is within us. It's not outside of us because the outer world, and even I love science now, because science has proven all of this, that the outer world is just a reflection. It's a, there's, I remember in seventh grade, I'll never forget, and I share this a lot, that in seventh grade science class, when I was studying molecules and atoms, the science teacher says nothing is truly solid. Right there, we're talking, we're not even talking quantum physics. We're talking, you take anything and put it under a high-powered microscope, what do you see? You see, first of all, all these moving part particles that are not even touching each other, you know? So it's, it's, tr it's truly showing that what appears to be solid is not solid. We are living in a dream of our yeah. own creation. And in science, all of new modern science has backed up what spirituality and ancient wisdom has been teaching for eons. Why is it not taught every day in, in, in modern science classes, meaning quantum physics, the truth that all is energy and that energy is interconnected. That energy I call love. That energy I call God. And all of it is God. Yeah. Why is yeah. it not being taught? <laughs> we are teaching it. We're teaching it right now. Yes, 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 yes. So, yes. so you know, the great Wayne Dyer talked about, uh, I'm going to paraphrase, but when I'm unhappy with, the world as it is, the world as I see it, the world as I'm experiencing it, when the shift occurs inside of me, you know, when the conscious shift occurs inside of me, the world outside of me shifts. Yes. To exactly. your point that, that I am a creator, the exterior is a reflection of my interior. I, I, I am never, ever, ever a victim. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where you start to, people start to lose the fear. Okay, I'm owning this creation. So I created it. If I want to change it, I have the power to change it. And there, yeah. yep. So that's yeah. where you start to release that fear. You and, know? and that's, that's freedom. That's yes. freedom. So Carolyn Mace, who I think is a really, really fascinating yes. teacher, uh, one of her quotes that I love is, we each determine the speed at which we heal. Yes. So to our point, once I integrate what Wayne Dyer is teaching, I don't have to wait a week. I don't have to wait a month. I will determine the speed at which the transformation occurs inside of me. And then everything switches. I mean, you know, everything. I can switch it, switch it, switch it. It's, we're, we are that powerful. We're yes. that powerful. Yes. Uh, yes. And, but, and, and what's important is when I awaken to the truth that my exterior is really, really painful, that's a really good thing. It's like I should get down on my hands and knees and say, I'm glad that I'm aware. Because as we were saying before, I'm aware in this moment, this is the point of power. I can switch it. And that's so true about the now, the point of power is in truth. And Einstein said this time is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. Time is just a linear tool that we use. Like you said, if I, I can decide, in the, I could be in, this, in the depths of despair right this moment and decide in the next moment, I'm, I'm awake. And if, and if, a listen, if a listener is going, oh, well, that sounds really nice. How the heck do we do that? Getting back to what you said, energy is love. You know, Zukov says love, is, love heals all and love is all there is. So when I'm in the moment and I realize that my life is a mess, you know, quote, mess, my life is really, really painful. If I take a deep breath and I choose love, instead of fear, and I choose peace. And, and if I just say, I choose love. In this moment, I choose love, I choose peace. If I say that, and, and I breathe that in, and I literally become that, yes. then I've arrived. Yes. 
So the, it's the title of one of Marianne Williamson's book. The invitation is continually to return to love. Return to love. Return to love. It sounds so simple. Return to love. That's the gift of pain. That's the gift of chaos, the gift of confusion. It wakes us up. It catches our attention. Return to love. So, so true. And in, in every now moment, because the now is all there is, in every now moment, you have that choice. Yes. You have that Absolutely. choice. Yes, 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 yes. So, so, so when I return to love, I become radiant. I become radiant. And this is a segue. The title of my next book is called Becoming Radiant. Uh, and it's going to be available on July 24th, which is the day my amazing son, Rory Brennan Zuba, came to the planet okay. in 1991. Okay. So that's how I'm honoring and celebrating his arrival this time. Oh, July 24th, wonderful. my next book, Becoming Radiant, A New Way to Do Life. Let me ask you, does that title resonate with you? Yes, it does. And I, I love, I, I bought your book, Henry. I love it. I love it. I just, now like, and I, like I said, certain, I know that words, it's, it's not that I didn't think anything negative in the sense, because there is no right and wrong and there is no negative. It's just that I, I sometimes like, hmm, does that, I just asked the question internally. Hmm. And then, like I said, it all it all happened exactly the way it was supposed to happen. I, I I questioned the title in the sense, did it resonate with me? And then the very next night, I heard you your keynote. I was like, of course it resonates with me. So it was just a question to the universe. And then I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> and, you, and you know what? So I'm really aware of the fact, and I'm really grateful that I'm not stationary, I'm not static, I'm continuing to expand. And this title was, it's actually a reflection of who I was and where I was in 2014. That's exactly. when I wrote the book. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and where I am, actually, yeah, where I am in 2018 is Becoming Radiant. This book is coming out July 24th, but it's like, I've already got my eye on the next one. Yes, I, I understand. It is, it, no, it is, and like I said, it's, and I always even like, it's just, I always question, hmm, I, and you know, I'm at that point where I'm questioning, but also knowing, even in the question, there is no right, and there is no wrong, there is no good, there is no bad, it's not this or that, it's this and that, because I, I want to stay grounded in the oneness of and in and, and truth, God, what we call God, loves the dark, the yin, you remember the yin and yang symbol? The, the, the black and the white is equal. And God loves the white just as much as he loves the black. You know, and, well, and skin color and, too. <laughs> the, not only equal, not only equal, but necessary. Yes. You know, yes. valuable purposeful what what i say you know to people that i work with is in that which we call the darkness you know that deep dark pit that is particularly where we'll find our version of god and most certainly that's where our loved ones are residing and if and when we find ourselves in that space, allow yourself to be held. You know, allow yourself to be held by that which you consider the divine and certainly be held by your beloveds. Right, right. And rest, you know, rest, rest. Yes, yes, yes. it is so true. I've also heard um, that the, the farther you go into the dark, is like the same amount, like everything is balanced and equal. Totally. So the farther you go into the dark, you'll be flung into the light just as far, you know, so, with the balance, because it's all equal. 
this is one of the, it's so true. This is one of the gifts of my experiences. Having been in what I would call the deepest, darkest, most hopeless, oh, seemingly bottomless pit of despair, when I did not think I would be happy again, I certainly never thought I would be joyful again. I have experienced joy millions of times. And I agree with you. The joy is in direct proportion to language is limiting, but to the depths of the darkness, because I don't forget the darkness and I don't forget the years actually when I didn't think that the lightness would be possible, the joy would be possible. So what you're saying is absolutely true. It's, it's, it's in direct proportion. That's wonderful. And that's really important to remember. Yes, yes, so true. Because that, that oneness is balanced. It's always, we call it karma. And, and the thing is, we think of karma as a negative thing. Karma is just balance. And, and there's ways, see, we as humans think it has to be an eye for an eye. Karma is not an eye for an eye. That, if, you, if you say, because we create our own reality, so if we say it must be an eye for an eye, then yeah, it will be, because we are saying that. But in, in, just here's an example uh, for karmic. If we, we go to the other side and we killed somebody in, in, a, in a lifetime, and we go to the other side and we say, oh, that was not, I, I mean, now I have to be killed to balance that out. Nah, I'm not necessarily. You can save a life to balance that out. You know, there's all kinds of ways on a higher vibrate to bring balance to that situation. So it doesn't have to be an eye for an eye type. Only if you, the creator, says it has to be an eye for an eye. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've talked with so many people when we talk about reincarnation that say, I don't want to come back. You know, I don't want to come back. I hate being here. I hate being back here. And I assure them, no one or nothing is going to force you to come back. Right. It's exactly what you're saying. It's all rooted in love. It's rooted in love. It's, it will be your choice. Exactly. And, and the thing is, we want it so much. That's the other thing. When we own, we want it so much to come, to be here. And now we're here, we're like, oh God, where are we here? But we want it. We're like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. We were like in, 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 in the ethers saying, I want, I want to come. And we chose to forget who we are to come to awaken for, and we each have a, a unique puzzle, piece of the puzzle. We each have, there's a unique reason why you are here. There's a unique reason why I'm here. We each are divine, equal, unique pieces of the whole. And the only way the whole comes together if we all bring our puzzle piece to the table. It's like you have this humongous, humongous uh, jigsaw puzzle and we each all have a piece. So if we don't bring our piece to the table, it's, it's incomplete. The, that puzzle is not complete. Do yeah. you, do you, have you experienced that as you continue to awaken that that your memories actually of the agreements of the reasons that you came that that they do get clearer and they do get clearer um yes and no i say yes and no because i can i kind i'm always analyzing my life and i'm always looking at every situation and saying okay and seeing the purpose for it but why, so I see the purpose in what happened here in the physical, why it happened and the good that's coming from it. But why I initially made that agreement, I don't remember. Hmm. But I know, you know what I'm saying? So I say, I, I, so I'm looking at the situations and the outcomes and what's happening here in the physical. And then I, I cause I, I know everything that happens now I know everything that happens in my life happens for my highest good. So when something happens now that, hmm, I didn't, that was unexpected, hmm, but I know it happened for my highest good. I look at it and then 
in a short time, I see the good in it. Yeah. But to go back to why I, you know, so that's why I say yes and no, because on the physical plane, yes, I can see the good in everything that has happened in my life and, and, and is happening in my life. But why in spirit did I make those agreements? Why in spirit did I cho chose that way to go about it? I don't have all, I don't have that part of the puzzle. Not yet. That's interesting because <laughs> that's interesting you asked me that because this is happened a few weeks ago. Something very unexpected happened. And I've been, and I shared with you on our bus trip that I'm working on my first book. But, and I've been working on that off and on for the past year. I started Mother's Day of 2017. I was inspired. My son told me in spirit that mom, you have a book in you. And at that time, when he said that was on his birthday um, of 2016, and I said, I'm not ready yet. Okay, then I was inspired on Mother's Day of 2017 to start the book. And I started and I've been off and on writing the book for the past year. But two weeks ago, Spirit said, no, put that book on the shelf. Don't, sh mm -hmm. you know, just shelve it for now because there's another book that needs to come first. Oh, and that, that happened two weeks ago from a situation. I'm like, why did this happen? And that was the download because the, the book you're working on now is your second book. Not your Got first book. Got yeah. Okay, so the reason I came to Florida was to go to my niece Sarah's graduation, oh. which is tonight. Okay. So I have to get going because I. Oh, I, you know, I've totally lost track of time. <laughs> well, yes, yes, yes. This has been so amazing. This has been so amazing. Thank you so much. Yes, speaking to you, I, I always lose track of time because I love having these conversations. You know, like, so how about if we do this after the second book comes out and I send you a copy of it and you read it, we can chat about that. Yes, I would love, 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 love to do that. That would be amazing. Okay, thank you so much, Tom. Oh, please, before you go, you must share with our listeners how they can find you, how they okay. can check out all the wonderful stuff you're doing. This is the easiest way. My name is Tom Zuba, Z-U-B-A. Just go to my website. It's TomZuba.com. My book is called Permission to Mourn. It's available on Amazon. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tom. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. Love you so much. And we will see each other soon. Okay. 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 So Love you. Bye-bye.